Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today for so many reasons. One, we have an incredible guest from Love is Blind Netflix. Kelly Chase is here with us. Another thing I'm also very excited about is today marks a one-year anniversary of Getting Cozy. So one year ago, I decided to start this solo podcast, and it has become bigger than I ever would have imagined. It's surpassed all my expectations. I feel like I've realized a dream, and it just keeps getting more and more exciting. So, And I remember watching Kelly on Love is Blind about a year ago, too. So this is just all coming full circle. It is so exciting to have this all be happening in 2021. It's going to be an incredible year. Anyway, let's get to it. I'm so excited to talk to Kelly. Kelly, welcome to Getting Cozy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited and congrats on the one year anniversary. Thank you so much. You know, there are times where I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it, but (laughs) here we are. But I just, I'm so honored to have you on because I remember watching you and just thinking that you were so strong and beautiful and you followed your heart and that's something that we can't always do. So I really applaud you for that. We'll get more into the show and and how your life has been after. But what I'd love to do on Getting Cozy is find out where you grew up, what your childhood was like. I feel like a lot of people don't ask those kind of questions. So I'm a sociologist at heart. And I just love to know, how did you become the woman that you are today? Well, I was born on, (laughs) I'm a Leo, I'm a cuss baby. Yeah, I like, it's so funny because I say that and I'm like, I don't know what the other month is because I only associate with a Leo. (laughs) Oh, I know. I think it's cancer. Our good friend, Lauren Chamblin, Elsie from Love is Blind, she is obsessed with astrology. And I think she told me that it's cancer. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Lauren, but I think it's cancer. Right. I think you're right. (laughs) I am born and raised in Georgia, so I grew up about in an hour east of Atlanta. Okay. Let's see, childhood. I have a sister. She's a she's 14 months older than me. So my I joke with my mom, although she hates this joke, but I'm like, oh, I was like the I was the like the mistake. I was the accident. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, do not say that. She was like, I mean, you were not planned, but right. never a mistake. Well, like Irish yeah. twins, right? When they're that close yeah. together, right? Okay, that's so yeah. cool. Are you super close yeah. to your sister? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we've had. I guess that's probably been a personal sibling struggle of mine is just that I'll make a very long story short with it. She started like this whole like spiritual awakening journey, probably like probably 12 to 15 years ago. And what that looks like, I'm sure that you're aware as you're a coach too. Um, But you know, when you start diving deep into spirituality and, you know, overcoming a lot of darkness, you start doing things that maybe not the average Joe would, mm-hmm. um, okay. you know, and not to say like, and I'll say, I'll say like, she started with yoga, <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yoga. And I use that because a lot of people are like, no, yoga is not for me. Yoga is not for me. And I was one of those people. I was always like the girl in the gym. I taught spin classes. I worked out with weights. I, that type of exercise buff (laughs) and I always was like no like I could never I could never do that slow of a workout I guess and granted I didn't know that because I never really had gone to yoga classes 
I didn't know that yoga can be a fast-paced workout. You really do sweat and you die <laughs> in yoga sometimes. Oh, my God. Hot yoga especially. Wow. That's yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah, it's so intense. So, anyways, she started doing yoga over the years. She has become, like, she hosts, like, sound bath meditation. So, she does sound healing, energy healing, crystal healing. She has done a lot of, like, past life regression work herself. Like, all this stuff that is very, quote-unquote, woo-woo and when you know 10 years ago when she's talking about some of the stuff I'm like what like mm-hmm. so like like I just wasn't into that because I was the girl that was voiding my emotions I mean looking back in hindsight I didn't know I was doing this at the time but I was voiding things by constantly hustling in careers like multiple side jobs when I was working nine to five mm-hmm. and then like on the weekends just you know diving into vodka sodas every weekend and staying up super late and just I mean I use the expression disconnecting because that's what I did but you know I had a grand old time but nothing was changing you know in my life right acting like the wrong quote-unquote wrong guys and just yeah so anyways again long story short there was just a lot of like distance between my sister and I because we were on two different levels in our life we were in two different places She was very, like I said, spiritually connected. I was not at all. (laughs) And so, yeah, there just created a lot of friction between us there. And my personal development journey just started like three years ago, three and a half, three, three and a half years ago. So, you know, I always tell her because I'm still, I mean, she's been doing this work for 12 years or so. Like, I'm still nowhere near where she's at in her spiritual journey. And, but I'm like, actually, you know, I feel like God put this this coaching platform in my life so that I could better understand you yeah that's a really great way of looking at it yeah yeah you know there are times where she's like well you understand it better now but like I've been telling you this for 15 years and I'm like I know (laughs) (laughs) there has been that distance that way because like I was the party girl and she's like let's go do drum circles and I'm like what no (laughs) And is she your only sibling? Yeah. Gotcha. My only sibling. And, you know, I was raised hearing the words, you better learn to love each other. You're the only ones you have. So, like, right. you got to love your family. You got to love your sister. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, we're close to a degree, but we do have a lot of distance and friction still. Just because, like, there is a difference. Right, <laughs> There's right. still this difference in our lives. Like in high school, were you a late bloomer or were you boy crazy? Like, how were you with boys in general? Yeah, I was a late bloomer um, in all ways. Like, I mean, like hormonal and everything. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like as far as dating, I mean, my mom is from New York. My dad's from Arizona. They moved here. So I, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, like, although I was born and raised in Georgia, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Georgia peach. Cause like when I think of Georgia (laughs) peaches, I think of the girls who's like, ancestors were born and raised in Georgia like their whole family line is from here whether that's true or not that's just my story (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like you know my mom's from New York my mom went to Catholic school until she was going to high school so there's the big you know you're not dating until you're like 16 Ah, you know okay there was a lot of that which I think my first the first guy that I actually like went on a date with I was 15, but I would, but it was like on the closer side to my 16th, like birthday though. So were your parents aware or were you sneaking around? No, they were aware. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got the curfews on us. Like, no. 
they weren't super strict. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. So, like, in high school, I, I mean, I was probably one of the, you know, just hung in the quote-unquote popular crowd. Um, I, a lot of my guy friends were on the football team, basketball team. I cheered basketball my sophomore and junior year. Um and just, like, I had just a great group of friends in high school. I mean, I'm still very close with a lot of them to, to this day. Oh, wow. Um, I helped I help plan my 10-year my ten high school reunion. <laughs> very cool. So, yeah, like, it was just, like, a great, like, I mean, if I could go back to high school, I totally would. Any day. Yeah, I absolutely loved high school. But, yeah, with that said, I mean, like, some of the guys, like, from the football team, like, they were the ones that would, like, throw the parties. <laughs> <laughs> My parents, they knew these guys, like, uh, parents, too. So they felt comfortable enough to, like, allow me to go to these parties and stuff. And they're like, we know our girl, you know, we know you're not, like, indulging in anything. I, I was literally, like, the mother. I felt like the mother at parties because, yeah, people were started drinking and doing God knows what at these parties. But I was the one that's like, oh, my God, no, I'm going to puke if I, like, have a sip of alcohol. <laughs> I was scared because that's what I would see. Right. I would see my friends drink and then they get sick because they didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was maybe, I was probably a senior was the first time like someone was like, hell, it's, it was like Bacardi, like rum or something. And they were like, just one shot, Kelly, just one. I'm like, fine. <laughs> and I like had the one shot or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I had a great time in high school. <laughs> 15th year of my life that um I did go on like my first game probably had like my first kiss I may have even been 16 at the time of my first kiss but I had crushes I definitely had crushes I mean I remember like guys in like third grade I definitely had crushes on someone <laughs> this is this is like the funniest story third grade I actually last two weekends ago I went home to my parents house because I had not seen them I had not been home to my parents' house since, like, October. My mom's birthday is on Halloween. But, like, Thanksgiving came, and, like, I wasn't able to go home then because I had been around people and didn't get the COVID test. It was just, like, too much. And then, like, right around Christmas, I actually was tested positive for COVID. Mm. So I was like, Jesus Christ. My mom was so bummed. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I just, like, went home a couple weeks ago, and we were going through – um, like all of my memory boxes. So like all this high school stuff is like fresh in my brain right now. Cause I'm like reminiscing, but oh, perfect. I found this like letter or I found something in my diary that I wrote, um, about this boy that I had a crush on in third grade. And Aww. it's like the cutest thing, but it, it was so funny because I remember this story. I was crushing on this guy so hard. He would always flirt with me, whatever flirting looked like when you're eight years old. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I got so bummed because one day he like gave a necklace to another girl. Oh no, crushed. I, yeah, I was like, what do you mean? That's my what? necklace. <laughs> it was so sad. So yeah, that was probably like one of my first like, you know, just rejected feelings. Yeah, that I just like remember that to a T, but oh, wow. so sad by that. Okay, so I have an eight-year-old daughter, so I'm going to be having a little conversation with her (laughs) (laughs) to see if she has any crushes right now because I'm not aware of any, but, you know, there could be. That's so adorable. I love it. I love hearing this. I mean, I just feel like these are things that, you know, these are stories that we just don't get when we see people on reality TV. Like, it just, I want to get to know, like, who you are off the show, you know? And so this is awesome. Thank you so much. 
Okay, so high school, then college. So where did you go to college, and what was college like for you? So I went to the University of Georgia, go Bulldogs. Oh, um, no, I'm a Gator. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, along with you guys, I don't know what the rankings are now, but as we both know, when we were in school, those were like the number one party schools. <laughs> oh, yes, they were. I think actually UF was definitely the number one party school yeah, when I, I went so. there. <laughs> yes. I yeah. love it. So I went to school there. My sister actually went to school there as well. So again, she was a year older than me. Um, we lived together my freshman year, her sophomore year, and oh. uh, lived co-ed dorm actually because of my sister's seniority and it wasn't like required to live in a freshman dorm because I was rooming with my sister so that was me oh, yeah I'm jealous big time <laughs> yeah so fun it, like interesting one of my like high school good guy friends actually just coincidentally he also I don't know how he was able to get into this co-ed dorm but he was in the co-ed dorm too and he literally, like, his um, room was, like, seven doors down from mine. Oh, my gosh. I can't so imagine. It so, yeah, it was so much fun. So, like, when our high school friends would come visit us, like, obviously, we would just all hang out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was super fun. But then, you know, meeting, like, all these other people, you know, that it was just a really neat, awesome experience. Obviously, my freshman year, um, I did start, I would have, like, a couple drinks, but not, like, I don't think I ever got like drunk or anything. Yeah, so I did not know though what I wanted to do when I was going through college. I really didn't know what I wanted to major in. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell this, my mom hates this story, but it's the Aww. truth. Another reason why, you know, why I help women coach, like why I coach women through these things. But um, so when I was growing up, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, you know, oh, like either like a teacher, uh, an actress or a baby doctor. <laughs> yeah. And then so like, great, you know, it's always encouraged when you're five and 10. But when it comes to down to the time that you got to start figuring out your life, those things are, uh, you know, that's a really big topic of conversation when you're 17. Yep. <laughs> so my mom actually was a kindergarten teacher for like 15 years. Okay. Um, so when it came up to that uh, topic of conversation, it was kind of like, okay, teacher, well, why do you want to be that? Like I got out of, my mom was like, I got out of that because like, of course I love the kids. It's a remarkable job, but one, you don't get paid enough and it's very political these days. Mm -hmm. It was like, so I'm just like, Meh. <laughs> I wouldn't do that kind of thing. <laughs> And then it was like, okay, like, oh, actually acting. Like, and they're like, well, unless you're like, you know, Goldie Hawn's daughter, you're not going to like make it big in Hollywood tomorrow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, it's like very competitive. Like, you know, you just got to know someone to know someone. We don't know anyone. And then the baby doctor thing, they're like, Kelly, do you really want to do that? Okay, you just went to school, obviously, for 12 or however long we went to school for, like 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 12 years. And then obviously you have to go to like undergrad and then you go to grad and med school and all this stuff. And they're like, it could be like another 12 years yeah. of school. You really want to do that with all these student loans and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Jesus, why? They're just like bursting yeah. your bubbles. 
absolutely. So yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My sister went to school for fashion merchandising and she actually pursued that. And we only lived together our freshman year and then she moved to New York and went to a uh, fashion school in New York. Oh, wow. So, yeah. She went to FIT and then she mm-hmm. like studied abroad in Italy too. That was like really cool. But yeah, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just like, fine. I'll just like, it was like, I was just following my sister's footsteps because I didn't know what else there was to do. Mm-hmm doing it all do it fine I like shopping (laughs) in Georgia if you are maintaining a 4.0 grade point average you get hope scholarship so I was on hope scholarship so I had I didn't pay tuition oh my god that's incredible free ride basically to UGA and my mom my parent I can say my mom my mom is the (laughs) she's the boss of the house (laughs) I understand she's like you know four years you're in or you're out or you got to pay for it. So, yeah. like, you know, make sure you have your shit together, keep it together, mm-hmm. get the grades you need, and get out yeah. of there. Yeah, that's <laughs> what my parents had said to me, too. <laughs> yeah, start your life and everything. So I'm like, okay, four yeah. years. Anyway, so I just, like, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did start drinking and partying, staying out, you know, with all the rest of the college kids. I found myself mm-hmm. not distancing from my, like, high school friends my sophomore year, but I did start hanging out with other people that I was meeting in classes where actually it was like this whole group of people. I met this guy out at a bar one night, but he mutually was friends with a high school friend of mine. I don't know. It was like super small world kind of situation. Anyways, I started like hanging out with him and then he introduced me to like this whole plethora of friends. And then that group of friends introduced me to more friends. And yeah, I just got like hodgepodge in a bunch of stuff. I still never, like, really had a purpose, like, going through college. I just, like, felt really unfulfilled. I just kept, like, doing the classes and going through the motions and everything. And then graduated. I definitely had some challenging times uh, my junior, senior year of college um, simply because I, like, I don't know, met someone, got into, like, a abusive relationship in a sense um, that really affected my entire life up until like two years ago which I didn't know like we don't know these things um until someone brings it out of us really Mm -hmm. but yeah so I after college I I started like uh staffing like recruiting and staffing um which was I got that job through a girl that I went to college with she just you know kept in touch with me and they had a position at where she worked and so got that job, uh, was there for like two years, left that job to go into sales and account, like executive account management for a sports like technology company. And I was there for like almost eight years. But during those eight years, again, that was like when I was like, I worked nine to five, I bargained, I worked liquor promotions or any type of promotions for extra money. I started health coaching back in 2013, fitness training. I was doing like all the things and I have mindset, you know, like, because this is what I heard growing up, you know, you have to work hard for your money. You gotta, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to be successful, you need to work really hard. So I did. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot. I did. Yeah. And I mean, I was able to obviously keep up with the Joneses, but I also got extremely burnt out. And I mean, I remember going to work for a while and I was just like staring out the window I was completely not fulfilled. I was going to work for a paycheck and to see friends, basically. So, and I had a crush on one of the boys that I worked with. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, so in 2017 is when I made the decision, towards the middle of 2017, I made the decision that I was making enough with like health coaching and the fitness app that I was a part of that I could at least pay my bills and like get by (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's just go out on this adventure. And I did. The beginning. Probably the end of 2017, beginning of 2018 is when I, like, totally made a change in my life. Like, again, I mean, I was working so aggressively, so hard. On the weekends, I was just disconnecting, drinking, staying out too late, dating the wrong guys, making out with guys at bars, just being, you know, being silly, act funny, too. Right. You're in your (laughs) 20s. That's what we're supposed to do, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The end of 2013... Right after I got certified as a health coach, I've probably been health coaching just a little bit at that point, endured a pretty devastating breakup. Mm. And yeah, like the first time that any guy has said, like, I want to marry you, the only Christmas I've ever spent away from my family was to like go to Christmas with this man's family. Mm, Okay. And then he like breaks up with me a few weeks later. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We got back together. We were only apart for a month and then we got back together. But then like six months later, we broke up and that was the end of that. But like really heartbreaking. Now, I mean, looking back, obviously I had lost a lot of myself in that relationship. Mm. I was showing up for him and not myself. And, you know, a lot, like I said, from the trauma that happened in college, I know that Now, as I am a coach myself and that I've been coached on this too, I know that that traumatic experience was extremely impactful Mm -hmm. to every relationship leading up to the point that I brought awareness to this, you know? So again, I just like, I like lost my identity. I remember right after we broke up, I started really like aggressively working out and this was because of a conversation I don't know why I did this but anyways I started like aggressively working out I was like googling like how to become a fitness competitor like a bikini competitor that was a conversation that the that ex and I had had like he was a very like motivating like very encouraging person like hey but not like putting me down like hey maybe you should do this to like lose weight because I didn't need to lose weight he knew that but yeah he was just always like wanting to like empower you to do things Mm. but probably I don't know if it was like coming from a good place now that I okay. think about it. <laughs> right. Okay. So long ago now, but I probably thought at that time, like, oh, maybe if I do this, maybe he'll want me back. Yeah. A certain way. Right. So, anyways, I did that. I never hired a coach to do this. I just did it myself, which that's a lesson, ladies listening. Do not Google <laughs> stuff. Do it on your own. That's why people have coaches for things for everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, I was like living that like hustle lifestyle. Now I add eating less than 1,200 calories a day and working out for two, two and a half hours a day to this plan. Oh, my God. I went into extreme burnout. I actually, yeah, I lost weight. Like, I got down to, like, I mean, I was probably, like, I'm a very petite person, but, like, I got down to 99 pounds. Oh, wow. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got down to, like, 99, and all of, like, 2014, I started, like, gaining some weight back but then like at some point like in the fall of 2014 so probably like a year later it's like it 
surpassed the weight that I've ever been, like the heaviest I'd ever been for 115 pounds. Like, not that that's anything, but for me. So I started, I just kept gaining and gaining and gaining. Granted, I was still doing that same like routine of working out like that and just living that lifestyle. Anyways, long story short, I gained close to 30 something pounds. So there comes the body image issues. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it was like my 30th birthday. I was the heaviest I had ever been. And it was like (laughs) the saddest time, you know? Yeah. So it was definitely bad. Later on that year, I started to eat more I found a program and that introduced me although I was and and this was another thing too like I was health coaching people so then this whole like imposter syndrome like Mm, who am I who am I I have I have freaking problems myself who am I to coach other people right now yeah so yeah that like really popped up for me really bad so it kind of like took a little back seat there you know chosen like 16 17 I was able to lose the majority of that weight because I started eating more and working out extremely less. That was literally like what changed everything for me. Yeah. So then I left that last nine to five job and then started my whole adventure, this like personal development, spiritual awakening journey. And I don't think I dated anybody that whole like 2018 until we filmed Love is Blind. And obviously I met Kenny. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I have a question. The relationship, the one that you were saying was traumatic, was the man a narcissist? Honestly, I, yeah, there was probably some narcissism there. Yeah, there was probably some narcissism there. I mean, I think to what that was, like we were friends. He wanted to, he started to have a crush on me. He wanted to date me. I didn't want to date him. I just wanted to be friends. Like, you know, people like do that whole friends with benefits thing. I don't think that's like, <laughs> yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm in college. I want to like meet all Tied the down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it just, it just took a really bad turn for the worst. You know, he would get very jealous okay. of me out and about things like that. So okay crying wolf you know guys he's like doing this to me and then I would be like backing out with him the next weekend you know what I mean so Mm. but I think a lot of that you know too was that we were friends before it before it happened so like I wanted to believe that that person was still there Mm -hmm. I like okay well get let's give it another chance you know and it just kept falling deeper and deeper down a hole and it just, you know, it just stunk. Um, so, yeah, it, it became sexually, physically, emotionally, verbally abusive. And, oh, no. yeah, yeah, so it, it wasn't good. I don't know if it was narcissism, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that's what it turned into. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I would say that every guy that I dated, to a degree anyways, after that, definitely narcissism. Oh, wow. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. I was raised by a narcissistic mother, so that definitely translate. you know, it, it had a lot to do with my relationships going forward. And until I got to that moment, and that's what I was going to ask you, what was your, like, light bulb moment where you were like, I'm better than this. You know, I deserve more and better than this. These men are not who I want to be in my life. Yeah. Again, I think because I was, like, just making such a huge transition in that, like, 2017, 2018 year – I stopped like going out. I was just like, I pulled back from doing everything. I was saying no, like all the time. It did become kind of a lonely place because I had friends that were like single and they were going out still. And then I had the other friends that were like married and having children. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, 
well, I'm not either of that. Right, yeah. I did become pretty recluse and I just started like diving into like personal development, you know, podcasts, self-transformation books, that kind of thing. Okay. I would say that I felt just more confident in myself through all of that. You know, I started doing like meditation and journaling and mm-hmm. affirmations, like visualizations, all that stuff. Like I just felt happier and I felt confident. Granted, again, like I said, I didn't really date anybody. So I didn't really put myself through anything until I went through love is blind. But I was like, when I was on that experiment, I felt more confident than I had ever been hmm. before in my life. I mean, granted, yeah, my life had changed. I had changed in nine, 10 months. I had changed and my whole life had changed. I was doing things I had never done before right. <laughs> and it was all self love work. So I did feel great. However, but people may not know unless y'all read some articles or heard about this somewhere but like so basically Kenny and I had made an agreement like hey like whatever happens on wedding day like we know where we're at you know like we still do care for each other and that kind of thing like let's try to you know let's make this work after the show let's date on the day after filming that was not the case. He was like, I'm emotionally unavailable. I need to get back to my routine, back to life. And let's just go our separate ways. And yeah, I heard that. (laughs) But I also heard, I don't want to be with you. And as a girl, you know, we create those stories and the assumptions start to follow. And it was like, why am I getting rejected? Like, what? Mm -hmm. We had a plan. So... I was very heartbroken, like devastated after the show. I wasn't really working during the show either. So I didn't have really money coming in. Mm -hmm. Like it was like everything just felt like it fell apart after the show for for me. And yeah, I mean, I did. This was out there too, but like I wrote Kenny a letter a couple weeks after all of this happened and, you know, just explaining like I'm not in love with you I just am loving the man that I'm getting to know and I was and you know I really want to like try and make this work and like give it a chance and honestly it was a couple weeks after that I started working with a coach myself to like help me grow my health coaching business again yeah so anyways because I told her I just feel like I'm just in shambles and I just need to like focus on something again. Of course. Yeah, definitely. You have no distractions when you're in the pods, you know, none of them and nothing that you're normally distracted by. And then you have all this time invested in Kenny. And then after all of that, you know, comes to fruition, then there's no, it's so anticlimactic, right? It's so like, wait, this is what I was expecting. And it's so hard to manage expectations. I think in a show that's never been done before, you know, right. it's like you have no no expectations, right? I'm sure going in you had no expectations because this had never been done before. It's a completely new right. experiment, right? So yeah. I can imagine how heartbreaking that would be, the investment and just your heart, you know, being in it. Because yeah. we could all tell your heart was in it fully. But like I said, I applauded you being so authentic to and true to yourself of how mm-hmm. you felt that day. I thought that, you know – any slack that you were getting was absolutely unjustified and it made me angry. Yeah. Right. Completely. I mean, I, I remember, I <laughs> yeah, I, I remember defending you and, and just too. I, I remember defending both of you and being like, you know, guys, this is their life. Like, and, and that's why I do this show. Cause I, I really feel like you guys are, you know, they're, you're real people with real feelings, real experiences, you know, and you yeah. just got to put yourself in your shoes and see 
how you would feel. You know, you, you can't right. just say, oh, they signed up for this. They Whatever comes their way, they deserve it. You know, no, they're still just people with hearts. Yeah. And it just, it, it breaks mine when I hear how you guys were treated and all that. It's just so not, it's just so unfair. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> off my soapbox there. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate the support there. But but yeah, I mean, like, so we filmed like over a course of six and a half, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's the only person that you're really talking to for seven weeks. Like, in the amount of, like, the intensity of how these relationships develop so quickly. Right. Like, there were conversations that, like, okay, for example, the conversation around sex the conversation around debt and finances like that they show you know it's like amber and matt barnett like we're talking about debt and finances every mm-hmm. single couple was encouraged to talk about these things they just showcased that couple's right. experience here right kenny and i also had a very in-depth conversation about that we had an in-depth conversation about having children what does that look like what if i can't have children are we okay with in vitro what if that doesn't work are we okay with adoption like oh my those are conversations you don't have with a with someone within six weeks of meeting someone right that is heard of that's maybe a six month dating conversation mm-hmm. some people six months in don't even have that freaking conversation <laughs> right our relationships were on speed everything was so sped up for us so it's like i got to know someone on such a vulnerable level and then for him to be like I'm emotionally unavailable. I'm like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what? crazy. I mean, why yeah. would you even sign up for the show if that if you had any chance of being that way? Because it's unfair to even be on a show like that if you're emotionally unavailable. You know, to justify him, like, he was up until, like, probably, like, the last, like, week and a half. Okay. Because that's, and he has shared that. He's like, like, I was in this. And... You know, we, we've talked outside of this. Like, we're totally cool and, like, respecting. But those, yeah. that expression was just at that time. <laughs> you know, um, but, yeah, like, he, although I, you know, like I said, I felt very confident and I had been doing so much work on myself and all these things. It's like, he was a very self-aware person. He just knew where he was at, what he needed to do. Mm-hmm get his life back together and who knows what maybe had I given the space and respected the space that he had requested not sent a letter not tried to talk to him about things and just let him go and let him be and if he said meant for me he would have come back right let him go and if they come back they're meant for you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> who knows if that would have happened it doesn't matter now and I, I don't want that to happen like I don't think that we were meant to be he's engaged now but it was just devastating at that time. A month later, a few weeks later, something like that, I was like, I called up this girl that I had, you know, had some coaching with prior to. And I was like, I need help, you know, growing my business. Let's go to that route. Anyway, she was a business and mindset coach. And I worked with her for four months. Within the first two weeks, I had multiple breakthroughs. And yeah, it was like within that first like week or two, like I remember my mom calling because she was so concerned. Like, have you heard from Kenny? Like, you know, have you heard from him? Obviously, you sent that letter. Did he ever write you back? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, no. There was a point I came to, and I was like, Mom, I was not in love with him. I'm not in love with him. I was hurt because I was rejected. I'm not hurt because I loved him, and I think I could see my life, you know, together with him. Mm-hmm. I was hurt because I was rejected again, mm. again. You know, it was like <laughs> such a painful experience. Like, yeah. nobody wants to feel not chosen nobody does 
And so I was like, that was the pain that that was the grief that I was going through. It wasn't because I lost him. And then, you know, that was all discovered through the mindset coach that I worked with, the business and mindset coach. I joke with her and I'm like, you did for my more for my mindset at the time than you did my business. But <laughs> I that's what I needed. That was right. She's a life that I needed that stuff. But we went deep into that college trauma and mm. I recognized how it affected me in so many ways. Like I said, every relationship that affected every yeah. single relationship in every level. You know, I always use the expression like, like during sex, like I'm broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't climax. So I was like, oh, I'm broken. No, let's just focus on you. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of just like deeply rooted stories because of that um, and different mm-hmm. behaviors, me voiding out. I think this whole like hustle mentality was because I was voiding something that I didn't even know was there. And it was this rejection, the traumatic, and it was all, it was me rejecting myself. I was bypassing constantly, which I didn't know at the time, but I was constantly emotionally bypassing by disconnecting, by overworking, excessively working out, dating the wrong guys, putting a lot of effort into guys that weren't showing up for me, Mm -hmm. you know, just disconnecting on the weekends, like all this stuff. So it was just like a 10 years of disconnecting from myself. Wow. So many women that are in the same boat. Right. Yeah. And one of the things, and this was actually like before I started the whole like personal development journey in 2017, I think I was like, maybe at my sister's birthday party or something, like one of her like friends asked me like what I'd like to do for fun. And I'll just like never forget this conversation. I responded, I like going out drinking with my friends and I felt so stupid. I just, I got very embarrassed and I was like, what the hell kind of response is that? Kelly? Like fun to go out drinking with your friends, but like, that's your hobby. <laughs> right. Right. So, and I realized I was like, I don't have any hobbies. I don't even know who I am. I don't know what I like. I mean, yeah, I like certain things, but like, am I doing them? Am I actively participating in these things? Mm. No. So I just like, didn't know anyway. So, wow. um, over the last few years since this whole journey, and especially since working with the business and mindset coach, I have dove so deeper into like rediscovering who I am doing things alone when there's no one to do it with, or because I don't want to do it with anyone. Mm -hmm. Like I would rather do it by myself because then I don't have to wait on anyone. I don't have to like (laughs) (laughs) do it alone and and be uncomfortable. That is like the deeper learning, you know, process is like doing Mm -hmm. things scared, doing things alone, doing things that are going to make you uncomfortable because that's where the challenge is. And that's where you'll, just learn so much more about yourself. But I will say this after working with the coach, you asked me a while ago how like things just like were different for me. And it's like, there was just so many, there were different levels. Like, so before when I quit my nine to five job, there was this level of things just like need to change. And I just chose to do things differently. And then it was like, after love is blind, I chose to work with the business mindset coach. Granted, I thought we were going to scale my business at the time. But it was the mindset coaching that I needed. Mm-hmm. And after that, I went on a couple of dates or actually while I was going through coaching, I went on a couple of dates. And I remember this one conversation with this man. He had just had broken off an engagement because his fiance was cheating on him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was our second date is when he told me this. And I made light of the conversation with a joke. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was recently engaged too. <laughs> oh, God. TV show. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just told him, I was like, you know what? I said, 
this would never work right now. I said, because you are not in a place for a relationship. You literally just broke off an engagement with someone that you deeply cared about and loved mm-hmm. for, for a long time. I said, I've been there. You're, um, I'm not here to fix guys anymore. Right. I've done my whole life. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And he just like looked at me like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I, was so, I was so confident that that was not going to happen. And the fact that I was confident enough to tell him and not just like blow him off or be like, no, it's just not going to work out. Like, I told him why. Oh. Like, and he was like, okay. Like, thank you for telling me that. Like, I think I'm fine, but can we still hang out? Because you're kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. We can be friends. And literally, we are still friends to this day. Like, Aww. he'll text me for a while. Like, he's such a nice guy. Um, But, yeah, I just felt, like, so powerful. And then there was another guy I, like, went on a few dates with, and I just – I told him, like, he had asked me, like, on a third date, and I was like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Like, I just felt very comfortable. I was never the one to, like, I was never, like, a really big dater anyways. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just felt, like, so confident. And it's because of these, like, uh, self-love and self-worth things that I was working through with this coach. Like, I was just, like, rediscovering who I was, what I liked, what I didn't like, what my boundaries were, what they weren't, all this stuff. And then, um, let's see, that was 2019. There was like a few months had gone by after working with the coach. Um, I did start dating someone and uh, it was someone I knew for a very long time. And I feel, I just had this conversation with myself the other day. I was like, Kelly, I feel like you talk about this all the time. Cause like I just started a podcast recently too. And I feel like every episode I talk about this, but this relationship in a sense ended five months ago. So it seems like five months is a long time, but I've known this man for 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why did that relationship end? We started dating, like I said, the kind of like springtime of 2019. Mm -hmm. I definitely probably had some form of a story created. I'm like, he's known me my whole life. This is the guy I'm going to marry. Or this is it, you know? Like, and it, like, we were inseparable. We didn't want to leave each other. Like, he would literally, like, text me at, like, six o'clock in the morning, like, hey, can I come over? (laughs) Yeah, it was so sweet. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he knows so much about me already, and there's so much more to learn, and this is great, you know? And a few months into it, he started to pull back, and I immediately, all those behaviors that I worked on came back up. Mm -hmm. That's like I started getting like the graspiness like wait 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 you're pulling away okay I need to like come on stronger and he recognized that he's a very self-aware person too wow. he recognized that and like a meet up one day and he was like Kel I asked for space <laughs> you, you, you're, you're the opposite <laughs> I'm like yes but like love me right, um right. you know but it was just it was just wild so um yeah, we we kind of danced around dating for a little while, though, year of 2019, and then we did end things uh, later that year, um, but we started to kind of, like, not pick things back up. We were never dating again. Um, we just, you know, we're, I, it was more me having the hope of it. Last year, 2020, COVID hit, you know, we were the only people, like, when we were ending things, we were like, uh, I guess we were like COVID boyfriend, girlfriend quarantine boyfriend girlfriend because like I mean we weren't seeing anybody else because you know no one can see each other right yeah (laughs) and I'm sure like he even said it he was like hell I bet you know this situation would probably be different or it would have ended earlier 
had we had things been normal and us be able to like go and socialize and be around other people mm-hmm. and meeting other people and things like that, you know? So maybe we just got convenient. We got stuck in the conveniency. I was stuck in some more hope that this person still would come around. Like we always had a nice time together, but he still wasn't showing up the way I desired and deserved. Good for you for recognizing that. And I think that that's so common with that there were quarantine relationships and you see all the breakups now, you know, because people are getting vaccines and they're getting, you know, they're able to get out again and slowly and but surely and a small problem can just become a really big problem when you're with someone 24 seven too. So it makes sense. But we weren't together 24 seven. It's not like he was like living here or anything like that. And that was like, that was another thing when we were like ending things. It was a mutual end of things. You know, he even said, he was like, Kel, like, don't you think if I wanted to be with you, I would be quarantining with you? Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I recognize that 100%. I'm like, there's people that have known each other for six months and they're like basically living together right now. So yeah, it rubs me in the really freaking wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm very aware. You know? But yeah, so again, it was just like this frustration. I was getting exhausted. I was trying not to talk about it to parents or my friends because I knew what they were going to say. And, you know, if I did, they would get mad at him. And I'm like, no, I was like, I'm the one doing this. Like, yeah, it mm-hmm. takes two to tango, but I'm allowing it to happen. Right. I said, so I'm be mad at anybody. You can get mad at me. I said, do not take this out on him. You don't know how our relationship actually is. I mean, I'm trying to explain it as best as possible, but don't say that this man is a terrible person and that he's just like the rest of them and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, he was just like the rest of them. But <laughs> not showing up for me, but it came to the point, why did we finally end things? It had been going on, you know, the whole summer of last year. And I was just, again, it was just, I was getting exhausted. I was like, what the hell? Like, just show up for me. Right. Can you not do that? And he, the thing is, is like, he had told me multiple times, I cannot give you a relationship. I'm not in the place. I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Again, it was like, okay, fine. And we would like go our separate ways for a few weeks. And then it was like, I would probably reach out and be like, okay, well, I miss my friend. I've known you for 25 years. We have a history. Like I miss yeah. my friend. Not my, not this boy that could be a boyfriend. I miss my friend. Right. And so then it was like the song and dance would just continue. So But as I'm doing this, I'm launching programs about rejection to redemption, about (laughs) girls honoring their boundaries and all this stuff. And I'm like, Kelly, you're not freaking honoring your own boundaries, like to the fullest. Like, yes, there were times when I'm like, okay, no, like this isn't, you know, this isn't working, whatever. But I wasn't fully stepping into it myself. And that was the biggest thing for me Mm. was I'm not in alignment with who I want to be. And therefore, this is not working. Like, I, I'm contradicting my entire like coaching right mm-hmm. now. Like, I, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> so I really like that was a part of it. And he was coming over to my house to have this conversation. He started to tell me, and he was like a long winded, telling me why he couldn't be with me and blah blah blah. And I was, I kind of got like a smirk on my face at the end. I mean, granted, it ended in tears because I was sad, but um, I had a smirk on my end when he like. He was like, okay, I'm going to like shut up now and like let you talk. And I was like, honestly, I was going to have this conversation with you in a couple of days. Um, but we had a wedding to go to. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to say anything before the wedding because I want a date to bring to the wedding. But it was more think- me thinking about the bride. 
like I was like I don't want things to be awkward I don't want one of us not to go to the wedding because of all of this like I don't want to hurt her so I was like to protect her let's just get through the wedding weekend and then let's have the conversation but he chose to have the conversation before the wedding weekend which was fine we still went he said something about like well I'll come to the wedding but I'm not gonna like come like the whole weekend I'll just like drive up there for the wedding and then I'll like drive back and I was like no i was like this is a girl that we've both known for a very long time let's not make it about you for one fucking night (laughs) i was like just let's just not okay i was like i'm going i was like yeah but she wants you to be there not like come for a 20 minute ceremony yeah (laughs) yeah so we worked through things we both went we had a nice time and then got back said our goodbyes it was very loving i mean it was like i love you and you know we we just need to do this like we both mutually agreed prior to going to the wedding like as much as we knew it was gonna like hurt us we knew that we needed to cut ties completely i mean no texting no seeing each other no calling nothing um that's hard yeah yeah super hard and i think that was like the worst things because i was like you know i'm not grieving the loss of a love i'm grieving well i mean i am but like i'm grieving the loss of like a 25 year friendship and that sucks you know but if a friendship is meant to be in your life it will come back around and that's what I've told myself and I'm not saying that to like give myself hope that this man will come back around like whatever is meant to be will be and over the last five months my biggest things have been surrendering like surrendering so hard that I'm like just leave it up to God universe source that things are just working out the way that they are open yourself up to receive love as you heal and you know, so that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I've, I've wrote out my dream man, how, how this man makes me feel. And I know that mm-hmm. that person is out there. <laughs> I love that you said that because I always tell my clients, write down every quality you want in the person that you want to end up with, you know, in, in your soulmate and that person and your partner. And I actually did that two weeks before I met my husband. So I know it works and I've seen people do it too. But I think it's yeah. so nice to just have that, to look at it, you know, daily and to really just manifest it and just know, like, these are my standards, you know, these are yeah. my standards and this is what I will not settle for anything less. And I think that's just, I think that's so important to do. Now, I just have one more question and then we can wrap up. I would love to know if someone is listening to this right now, Kelly, and they're really kind of in the spot that you were at or even worse, you know, we don't know what everyone's stories are. What is one thing they can do to kind of pull themselves out of what they're in, whatever that is? What is one thing they can do today, right now, listening to this? Like I said about the whole like alignment thing, that I was out of alignment because I was doing something so contradictory. I would suggest writing out, like getting really clear on who you want to be and what you want to have. And then write out things that you need to do in order to become that person and have the things that you want. So if you want a healthy relationship, but you're stuck in a toxic one, you know what you need to do. And yeah, it's going to be hard to pull yourself out of that. But remind yourself that, and this was something that I learned from like a, a love coach. I love you, but I love myself more. Repeat that every day to yourself. Mm-hmm. I love you, but I love myself more. And I mean, that was super helpful for me. And again, that whole be, do, have, that's what I did. Like alignment. Like if I was not taking the inspired actions to become the person I wanted to be or to have the things that I want, have a healthy relationship, have a loving, fulfilling, a loving relationship that makes me just feel so happy and joyful and peaceful all the time. Right. You know, then 
if you're not doing those things, then you have to pull out of it. Um, so really I would, yeah, the be do have is like the best thing. And it helps you in all areas of life. I mean, if you like in your career, your business, like wherever in your health goals, like who do I want to be? I want to be healthier. I want to feel, <laughs> feel more energetic. Like, I don't know, like whatever it is, like that's probably my, my biggest key. And you will find peace when you get out of that situation. Although it was a sad situation for me and this guy, I have so much more inner peace because I don't have to think about, well, what is he doing? Why isn't he calling me? Why mm-hmm. did he choose to go hang friends this weekend instead of hang out with me? Like, oh, you know, there's just so much like inner turmoil that was happening. Right. That now I don't have to deal with. Yep. It's just a freedom. Oh. It's like, it, it literally feels like a freedom. I just can so relate to that. I uh, was in a relationship for two and a half years off and on. He was an alcoholic. You know, there was, there were a lot of problems there, of course. I was very, very codependent. But the moment that I knew that I had to leave, and my God, I did not want to leave. I love this man with all my heart and soul. I mean, it was, yeah. it was ridiculously so in love with him. Saw him as my husband, father of my children, everything. When he told me, have some self-respect, he literally told me that. Because he had just gone out for the night, and I was kind of living with him at the at that time. Came home super late, super drunk, just completely disrespect. You know, like awful. No mm-hmm. calls, no communication for hours and hours. Didn't know where the hell he was, whether he was dead or alive. And he would always like disappear. You know, every now and then, like for a couple of days, no word. And I'm his girlfriend. Like I'm supposed to be that person. You know, yeah, for yeah. him. And he just, he came home that night and he's just, and I was just like, where were you? Like, what were you doing? And he's just like, why are you here? Like, he literally was like, why are you still here? Why are you putting up with this? Why? You deserve better. You are so good. Like you, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I literally get chills just thinking about it. Like just hearing, he had to tell me that because I couldn't tell myself that. Yeah. And then from that day on, I walked out and I remember reading Codependent No More and it changed my life. Wow. Changed my life. I literally am covered in chills right now because, (laughs) right? It was just that moment. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, one, I'm reading a codependency book myself right now. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it so much. Yeah. (laughs) But no, same. I mean, with this guy, I just, you know, there was a moment, like we went out to dinner one night and again, this whole 2020, we were not dating. We were not in a, we were in a relationship of whatever sort that was, but you know, we weren't like boyfriend, girlfriend, but anyways, we had gone out to dinner one night and we like come back and he's just like, he just gives me a hug. And he was like, I just want you to be happy, Kel. I was like, I mean, I do too. And I just like, I'll always remember that. I I got so emotional because I'm like, I want to be happy too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why can't you happy right and it seems so simple right but and it's like it's but it's it's everything it is absolutely everything I mean being married to a guy for 10 years who I'm still deeply madly in love with still on our honeymoon I mean it's insane like I it's just it's that happiness that you think you could never have and when you when you have it you're like why did I ever settle for anything less than this why 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 you know yep yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And I, you know, like you did the little homework about, you know, writing out your dream guy, yes. I mean, your dream person. And, and, you know, there's so many women, it's like, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, if you've been like 
you know, slighted time and time again, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm just supposed to be alone forever. And it's like, well, right. that's not the mindset that you need, ladies. Like, exactly. we have to mindset. You have to stay open, be open to receive, constantly call him in, like, or, you know, whatever, girl or guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, call them in. Like, I am open to receive. This is what I desire. This is what I want. This is how I want you. I want to feel when you do this. I mean, I've written out things like so future casted, like, oh my gosh, it's like the most, it's the sexiest thing watching him do homework with my children. The children that exist yet he's out there but like you know that's how specific i was getting like helping them do math homework like i can attest (laughs) i can attest absolutely yes all those little things you know they're just they're all so so important well kelly i cannot thank you enough i know that when women men whoever is listening to this hear you and your incredible advice and your credible story they're going to want to reach out to you so how do they find you how can they sign up for your amazing goddess course yes goddess magic goddess um, magic yes yes yeah so you can find me on instagram at chase life with kelly i have like in my bio i have like the links for signing up for goddess magic um but yeah goddess magic is also the whole like self-love self-worth mindset energetics of business program ideally who i help are single female entrepreneurs that basically need to scale their business and their love life (laughs) so it's about that it's about stepping into your feminine energy and unleashing your goddess magic being in your confidence being in your power you know actually understanding your behavioral patterns your limiting beliefs your fears all of that stuff and rising confidently incredible and creating the life you crave basically sounds amazing you guys please go check that out are we gonna see you here anytime soon uh, back on tv or are you what is your upcoming project so i do have a podcast um i just launched like a couple of weeks ago so chase life with kelly yeah yeah so it's called chase life with kelly it is on like itunes apple spotify as well as i believe it's now on google podcast so all my android users can listen yeah so i have that hopefully gonna repurpose some of those to youtube at some point and i don't know i want to be on tv again i think it'd be like super fun i i enjoyed literally like the whole love is blind experience although i sound like i it was sad but (laughs) i love the experience as, as you remember, I wanted to be an actress when I was younger. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love the camera life. I love the crew, the set, like everything was so great. So, I mean, if I have an opportunity, you know, that was aligned for me, then I definitely would pursue that. I think it would be like so, so much fun. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Well, we're putting it out in the universe for sure. <laughs> the best of luck with the podcast. It is so rewarding. It's an incredible experience connecting with people and it's just, there's nothing like it. So uh, welcome Absolutely. to the podcast world for sure. I cannot <laughs> wait to listen. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this chat with Kelly. Uh, you really opened up with us. You really were vulnerable and beautiful and so inspiring. And I just can't thank you enough, Kelly, so much for your time. Please always remember to stay safe but always stay cozy. Till next time, (laughs) bye.